LinkedIn News. Hey, it's Jesse coming to you with a special Thursday bonus. Now, you may know that Hello Monday is part of a whole network of podcasts, the LinkedIn Podcast Network. This week, LinkedIn has launched a new show all about how products get built. It's called Building One, and it's hosted by LinkedIn's own chief product officer, Tomer Cohen. There's the story, but then there's the story behind the story, and that's what Tomer gets into. He interviews his peers at other companies about their work. Tomer's a curious guy, and my bet is that if you care about how products get made, you're going to really dig this show. Here's a little excerpt so you can check it out. I'm Tomer Cohen, LinkedIn's Chief Product Officer. I want to offer you a first listen to a portion of my new podcast, Building One. It features Cameron Adams, the co-founder and chief product officer of Canva. In this excerpt, he tells me about how his experience with Google Wave influenced the way he builds product and how he runs Canva. Let me know what you think. And all of it ended up with me uh, getting approached in 2007 to work at Google. I'd applied to Google a few times before as just purely a software engineer. I was definitely not good enough at code to actually get any of those jobs, so I don't think I ever got past the first round. Uh, But this particular job at Google was a design role, and design at Google back then was still quite formative and immature. Um, So I kind of came in the back door through a recommendation from someone who was already working there, which meant that I skipped all the job interviews and didn't have to go through the first round. Um, and ended up on a project there called Google Wave, which was really secretive at the time. You know, for our listeners who do not know much about Google Wave, it was quite a notable moment in Google's history. It was groundbreaking in its attempt to redefine how we work together by allowing for real-time collaboration. It was designed to merge features such as email, instant messaging, and forums, and wikis, and even social networks into one product. So it was really meant to be huge. So I'm really curious, Cameron, What was your experience with it? It was run entirely out of Sydney. All the rooms that everyone was working in were blacked out so that people couldn't peer in and see what was going on. And to get on the team, you had to sign NDAs and a whole bunch of stuff. Um, And it was actually a project run by the founders of Google Maps. And they'd always wanted to revolutionize communications. And they had some really intriguing ideas about that. So they started building a prototype, built up momentum for it internally in Google and managed to get funding. I was one of the first five people to work on that. And the team grew pretty rapidly in the space of a year to about 60 people, mostly engineers, working on this incredibly ambitious product that was technically groundbreaking. Uh, And for a whole bunch of reasons, it didn't pick up. But my time at Google, I think, really started to form my ideas around product and product management. Because prior to that, I had thought a lot about it from a design perspective. Uh, And I think product management was still very nascent at the time as well. Um, And even the notion of product design was very early stages. And I took that from Google into a startup that I started right after I left, which was called Fluent. Uh, And that was with a couple of ex-Googlers as well. And we ran that for about a year. It was an email product. It again collapsed in a heap. Uh, And it was through that process that I met my co-founders on my current project, Canva, Melanie and Cliff, 
we decided to join together. And I think all of us have been through lots of learning and evolution over the last 11 years now at Canva, including on the product management side. And I think we've really strongly identified how to build product at Canva and how to empower the 150 product managers now that we have here. Would love to learn more about that. I heard you talk about how one of your biggest learnings on Google Wave was not to focus as much on the technology, but to really start from the end user. And I had a similar experience. I actually started my career as an engineer. And one of the experiences I had was working at a technology company, building voice over IP technology. I was focused a lot less on what the customer actually needed. The pride was in the technology itself, but not in the product. And I think that was, in retrospect, one of our biggest mistakes. So when I moved to the Valley, it was incredible to hear about that kind of product-first mentality. Was that similar for you in Google Wave, or was it somewhat different? Pretty similar. And I think that's the really interesting thing about product is it's highly contextual. So you can point to a bunch of success stories where technology really did lead the way and where someone didn't necessarily think about the product and they just invented something amazing and managed to roll it out. Um, but I think that that has increasingly become rarer as the interface between organizations and their end customer has shortened. And I think nowadays the product experience is a huge part of the advantage that you can have in building any successful business. Um, and it's become more of a necessity over the last couple of decades. I'm a strong believer that the founders of a company pretty much lay the foundations for what the culture is going to be and how thinking happens and how decisions are made. And each organization that you look at has different founders that come with different backgrounds and different quirks. And those kind of amplify and multiply as the company grows and form what its culture is. So Google's culture was a very strong engineering culture. It still is a very strong engineering culture. Uh, and that's what they focused on in Google Wave. It was about what can we build? What can technology let us do? What are browsers capable of now? Uh, not so much about the design, not so much about the product experience. Um, so that's what I was grappling with on that project. I was kind of brought in to pretty things up. So like take this piece of technology and provide a UI that would allow people to interface with that technology which is valuable, but it doesn't quite go deep enough into how the actual product is experienced. You can have endless debates about the differences between UX and UI, uh, but I think the, the UX of Google Wave wasn't given enough thought or priority, but the technology and the UI were. Uh, so it was kind of a missing piece there. And that was one of the big lessons that I took from it. And I think it was also one of the big lessons that Google learned uh, partly from Google Wave, but also from a whole bunch of other stuff that was happening at the time, such as Google+, Plus, uh, ill-fated. Um, and right when I left Google, which was about 2011, uh, they actually kicked off this seminal project called Project Kennedy. Uh, and it was one of the first projects that Larry Page kicked off when he became CEO. And he recognized the need for Google to become a design company and empowered a really small team within Google to totally revamp Google's design, like the way the products looked, the way they worked, 
and then instill that culturally throughout all of Google. That then laid the, the groundwork for material design, which is the entire Android design language. Um, and I think today you can see that Google is actually a really strong design company as well as a really strong engineering company. But it was a shift that they really consciously had to make and it took a lot of work. I wasn't there for that, but I managed to see it from the sidelines and it was really impressive to see the shift. It's hard to overstate how important it is to have those cultural shifts come top down. I would claim it's impossible to make those shifts really happen in a profound way unless it's coming all the way from the founder, the CEO, the executive team. I clearly remember when we were doing our own shifts at LinkedIn in 2011, 2012, from a desktop first company into a mobile first company. And myself, as a relatively junior product person in the organization, was tasked to co-lead that change. And we had a great plan, we had conviction, people were rallying behind it, but you needed to have the CEO and the executive team to really help shift people's roadmaps and literally stop the train and focus on mobile. And in that level, you need to get top-down support. And that was one of our biggest takeaways back in those days. Cameron, your background and skill set is quite unique. You have this intersection of both having a strong technological experience as well as design experience, which includes product experience within it. When you think of your role at Canva, how do you describe your current job as the chief product officer for the company? Oh, it's one of the hardest tasks of my life to describe what I do. Um, <laughs> uh, being chief product officer as a co-founder is probably quite different to being just a cut and dried chief product officer. I think generally as chief product officer, you're obviously responsible for the product. So what the quality of the product is, what features are going, what the roadmap is, what the strategy is, um, and also how your product organization functions. So uh, obviously that would be product managers, but it could encompass engineering or design depending upon the structure of your organization. So my role at Canva is I spend a lot of time thinking about the future and where we should be. You can pretty much term that as innovation. But particularly for me as a co-founder, I view it as my job to make things happen that wouldn't otherwise. We've got over 3,500 people working at Canva. There's a lot of product teams who are focusing on different areas and going really deep on things like print or social media or video or presentations. Uh, and they're doing an incredible amount of research and iteration and envisioning of their parts of the product. So they're all running ahead really fast. They have responsibility and ownership for those areas. And often they're not looking outside of those areas. So my role as co-founder and a leader at the company is to look outside what we're doing. Think of the connections that you can make across the company between different parts of the product uh, and really tackle those projects that people either shy away from or they're not aware of and to really make sure that that happens. So at a, at a really meta level, it is responsibility for the company and the strategy and the product and looking far enough ahead that we can continue to innovate, continue to grow and continue to survive as more and more products come onto the market. Looking at the path that Canva has done over the years from graphic design for social media to where you are today, it's pretty remarkable uh, the way you've led that innovation through. When you think about principles for that, 
it sounds like the focus for you in innovation, given you led products at several companies at many stages, from the Googles to the startups, what do you think makes building at Canva unique? I think there's a couple of things that make Canva unique. The culture of the company and the way that we came together as founders and the principles and intuitive understanding of how we wanted to build an organization and product have rippled over the last 11 years and they're inherently unique to Canva. From that, the key principle is a real balance between design, product and technology, engineering. That was a very conscious thing on my part, as well as I think on Mel and Cliff's part, from Google, where I think the engineering leg of the stool uh, held too much dominance, held too much sway, and meant that the other aspects of building a product and an organization didn't get enough oxygen. So we really wanted to balance that. And that is as true today at Canberra as it was 11 years ago. We have a really strong model of triad leadership where we have a product leader, we have an engineering leader, we have a design leader, and they came together on all product projects to figure out what to build, how to build, how to scope it. Uh, if something needs to ship in six months, there's like a negotiation between what's possible, what we actually want our customers to receive, and it's a constant dialogue between those three aspects of building the product. And for me, it creates really healthy tensions because engineering needs stuff to happen, design needs stuff to happen, product needs stuff to happen. And to make it really work and to ultimately ship something on time with enough value to our customers, they each need to give up things to achieve what they want. So that is one really strong part of Canva's product building that I think is very unique. The other kind of derives, I think, from our problem domain. So we're working with visual communication. Canva has been all about design and visual communication for all of its life. And I think that affects the way that you think about and approach problems. Um, I have this theory that product management and building products at different companies is shaped by the actual product that you're building. Um, I was chatting to a product leader at Spotify and obviously Spotify is a very auditory company. They're all about music. They're all about how you hear things. Um, and he was saying that their product organization tackles problems a lot through discussion. Uh, and I think that is because people are attracted to Spotify and work there because they're auditory individuals. Here at Canva, we are all about visual communication and those are the types of problems we're tackling. How to communicate through a deck, how to communicate through a t-shirt that you're wearing, a business card that you want to make or a video that you want to create. Uh, and naturally that attracts very visual thinkers uh, and that is how we communicate internally. So most product decisions at Canva are made through a visual lens. How does something look? Can we mock this up? Can we build a prototype for it? Uh, and discussion is furthered through that visual asset. I hope you enjoyed that preview of the show. Don't forget to subscribe to my new podcast, Building One.